Uh, did everybody have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah, nice Thanksgiving. I know for some people, the holiday like Thanksgiving, I mean, this is like really one of my very favorite holidays. It's like, it's time where we can get together. This, this um, Thanksgiving was especially awesome for us because, I mean, last year we didn't get together with family, and this year we got together with Colin's brother and his sister-in-law and our nephew and our niece, and it was just this awesome time, and I'm taking off my earring because my earring doesn't like this thing. That's better, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, um, and it just, like, this is the kind of family time that is, like, really good for my soul. Um, you know, it's time where it's, like, there's not stress. We, we, we actually all like being together. It was, it, was, it was just a really sweet time. It still is a sweet time. Um, it's, it's good for my soul when I'm with them. I feel like I'm, like, home, and it was really good for me. Um, now, I know that it's not for actually... It's not always like that when I'm with family. Um, there's another side of my family that when I spend holidays with them, it's like lots of stress and lots, sometimes pain and conflict. And um, it's just, or, or sometimes some holidays, it's I don't get to be with family and I'm really homesick and I'm really missing my family. And so um, that can make seasons like this really hard. Um, but today, I'm going to share a little bit about the practice of thanksgiving, because I believe that the Bible teaches us that thanksgiving has the power to bring us happiness, no matter what our circumstances are, okay? So um, I'm going to share four truths about thanksgiving that have the power to transform the way that we experience our life. So you ready for these? Uh, if you have a pen and you want to take notes, there's some things you might want to take notes on, and then I'll have you do something with that pen at the end. Um, so the first thing is, is that gratitude is the door into God's presence. And we're going to look at, at Psalm 100, verse 4, and it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give him thanks. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Uh, and that's what it says in, in Psalm. And this is basically looking at the fact that even though we know that God's presence is everywhere, he's omnipresent. We talked about this a little bit in our Naturally Supernatural season that we've been just talking through about how we experience the presence of God. Even though God is omnipresent, there's also God's manifest presence where we are aware of his presence. We become aware that he is near. And Thanksgiving is how we enter in to his presence. Maybe you want to hear God's voice clear. Maybe you're like thinking, I can't hear God's voice. I can't, I can't hear him. Well, maybe the reason is, is that you haven't entered into his presence. It's like you're outside the house and he's inside. And you know what it's like when you're talking to someone and they're in a totally different room? We do this all the time in our house, and it kind of drives both of us crazy because I'll be, I'll be downstairs, and he'll be like in upstairs in another room, and I'm shouting to Colin across the house, you know, something I want to know, like, hey, do you know what time we're going? Or I'll shout out, you know, where is Elise? Or what's, what's for dinner? Or like I'm shouting and screaming, and he's shouting back at me, come into the room I'm in. And I'm like, no, just, just answer me. I can kind of hear you. And we're shouting across the, the house. And, and I think he has selective deafness because sometimes I'm shouting and I, and I don't hear him respond back. I'm like, there's no way you didn't hear me. You heard me. You just don't want to get off your lazy bum and come to the room that I'm in. And neither of us, we're so stubborn and neither of us wants to go to the other one. And um, it's really hard 
to shout or to have a conversation with someone when you're not in the same room, right? It's really hard. But um, neither of us wants to get up and be there, but sometimes I feel like the the problem is, is that we haven't entered into the room where God is. We haven't actually entered into the gates. We Instead, we come to him, and the first thing we do when we say, okay, we want to hear from God, is we shout, help! And we like shout out, this is what I need! I need this! I'm going through all my things! But that is not how you enter into the presence of God. You enter into the presence of God with thanksgiving. You start, you, you enter through the gate and, it's, and the word is thankfulness. I love Eugene Peterson, the way that he paraphrases this in the message translation of the Bible. He says this about that same verse that we had in, in Psalm 100, verse 4. He says, um, he says, you enter with the password, thank you. I love that, right? The password is thank you. You want to get on God's network that's the password. And when you say thank you, it, you enter into his presence. Once you, and once you've entered in, then you can say help if you want to or if you need to. But that's not how you enter. We enter with thanksgiving. We enter into God's gates to go through the door with thanksgiving. So every time you pray, start with thanksgiving. Every time you pray, start with thanksgiving. Every single day, start it with thanksgiving. Start it with thanksgiving. Which leads us to the second truth about gratitude and thanksgiving. And that is that gratitude brings freedom. Gratitude brings freedom. So scripture says that where the spirit of the Lord is, where his presence is, there is freedom, right? Where, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And, and gratitude brings in elements of freedom, brings in spiritual freedom, brings in emotional freedom, brings relational freedom, even physical freedom. And the Bible speaks about this, and there's, there's examples in Scripture of this l- like lived out. And one of the, the, most, one of the most dramatic ex- ex- uh, examples of this can be found in the book of Jonah. And Jonah was a prophet from the Old Testament who um, God had given him a mission. He was a prophet, and he was supposed to go to this town called Nineveh, which is basically modern-day Mosul in Iraq. And he didn't want to go. He didn't like the people there. He wanted to run away from what God wanted him to do, and instead he decided to get on a boat. You may know the story. He, he got on the boat. There was, a, there was a storm. He got overthrown on the boat, and then he ends up getting swallowed by a large fish. Now, this is a really awful awful circumstance. I can't imagine, I can't imagine a worse kind of circumstance than getting swallowed. Well, first of all, just getting thrown overboard of a ship sounds terrifying and awful. I mean, I I know that they did try to make a a movie. I never saw the movie, but I'm sure that it couldn't be as horrific and horrible as the experience of not just, like, talk about bad ways to die. This is an awful way to die by being you know, basically suffocated inside of a, of a fish and it help and it smells bad and all the rest of it. And so this is a, this is like taking a bad circumstance and taking it to a whole other level of awful. Okay. Awful. We have problems. I know we talk about like, okay, this is a really bad circumstance. I don't think any of us have had a circumstance as awful as this circumstance. And this is what Jonah's response is when he is in this terrible circumstance where he could be like, oh my goodness, this is just, this is awful. His response was, let's look at Jonah 2 verse 9 and 10. It says, but I will sacrifice to you, he's saying to God, with a voice of thanksgiving. His response 
to God in this awful circumstance is to is to give a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. His faith is declared. Salvation is of the Lord. So even in the belly of the fish, Jonah gives thanks to God. Even not because of his circumstances, his response isn't, I'm so grateful for it because all these great things that are going on in my life right now. No, despite his circumstances, in his circumstances, he gives thanks. He, it, because he knows that if you, if you give thanks, that you enter into God's presence. He knows that even in the belly of a whale, that he could experience the spirit of the Lord. He could experience the presence of the Lord there. And then he could experience freedom. So let's look at what happens. Then the Lord spoke to the fish, and the fish, it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Thanksgiving brings freedom, brings deliverance. He is like completely set free from, in a miraculous way, from a a doomed and definitely going to die situation. Um, And I believe that if you keep thanking God sooner or later, freedom will come. Freedom will come. Sooner or later, the fish is going to spit you out onto dry land, out of the circumstance that you're in, and your freedom will come because gratitude brings freedom. Gratitude brings freedom. And the third truth is this. Gratitude is a daily choice. It's a daily choice. And I feel like one of the best examples in Scripture, another one that, there's lots of examples, but one of the best examples of someone who had to really make a daily choice to choose gratitude was Paul and Silas. Now, Paul and Silas were followers of Jesus who really, like, they were doing it right. They, they were obedient. God was giving them missions to go and, and travel as missionaries and share the, the good news about who Jesus was to people who didn't know them. And they were doing everything that God had said to, for them to do. They were obedient, they, they t- and they took massive risks, massive steps of faith to do, go and do this. And they, even though they did all the right things, everything still fell apart for them. They did all these things and they, they, they were, they, even after they did those things, they were captured, they were stripped, they were beaten. They were, it's, the Bible says they were severely flogged. I don't even know what that is exactly, but that sounds bad. Um, they were thrown into prison and not just into prison, but into like the inner cell, like maximum security prison, the inner cell of the prison. And they had stocks fastened to their, their feet. Lots of reasons to be bitter and angry with God, right? They had done everything that God had said for them to do, and this is what happens to them. But this is what they did. Acts 15, 25 says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, and they were singing. They were singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. And verse 26 says, suddenly there was, a viol- there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all of the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. You see, you, you can never be fully in control of your circumstances, but you can be fully in control of your attitudes toward them. You can never be fully in control of what happens to you, but you can be... You can always have full control about your attitude with which you're going to respond to those circumstances. And Paul and Silas, they had a choice to make. Even though 
even though they suffered, even though they, they, they hurt in their bodies, even though we don't understand the situations, even though it's not fair, even though it's not just, even though yet they chose to worship, even, even though like they had every reason to complain, they still gave God praise. They still gave God thanksgiving. And we have a choice like that to make too. We have that choice. And man, I, reading this humbles me because it just makes me realize, man, there's so many, there's so many times when I, I grumble, I complain, I feel sorry for myself, I, I wallow in my, my own self-pity because I feel like this isn't fair, I was hurt, these people did this to me. It's not fair, and God, I, try, I was trying to do the right thing, and look what happened to me. And this is what happens when you follow God, right? But I have a choice to make, and we have a choice to make. The beautiful thing is, in this story too, is that their decision to respond to all their trials with thanksgiving, not just, it didn't just lead to the release of themselves, but it, it led to the release of everyone around them. Because it said that not only did their chains fall off, and but the, all the chains of the other prisoners fell off too. The other prisoners were like, this is a great thing, right? All the doors opened up. All the chains fell off. This miraculous thing happened, and they were set free, and everyone around them, meaning that when you or I choose gratitude, it doesn't just affect us, but it affects those around us. When your attitude, your gratitude will affect your family. Your gratitude, your, cho your choice to choose to be gr grateful instead of bitter or resentful, will affect your family, will affect those around you, will affect your school, will affect your workplace, will affect the people around you, will affect your community. So we, if we want to bring freedom to our families, if we want to bring experience freedom in our community, I, I, it's important that we choose an attitude of gratitude so that we can enter constantly into the presence of God because then that is where we experience freedom. And this is like a really hard truth to stomach sometimes because we feel sometimes so justified in not thinking gratefulness, not choosing gratefulness, but there's this principle that's always in play. I remember when I was um, a young, a mom of young kids, I was also young at the time too, so I guess I was a young mom and I was a mom to young kids. But anyway, during that season, I didn't have a good time with that season. I spent a lot of that time, that season, really just struggling to find fulfillment in my life. I, um, I was really struggling because I was, I was a stay-at-home mom. I was raising young kids, and that's, it's exhausting. It's a very thankless job. Um, it, it, and I, I was really struggling during that time just to find contentment. I was frustrated with my circumstances. I felt like there were dreams that I had that were unfulfilled. And during that time, I also felt really isolated. Colin was experiencing a lot of fulfillment in his career, and I spent a lot of time comparing myself. And I spent a lot of time during that, my, that time just, just comparing myself to other people and just thinking, well, if, if my life, if I had what that person had, if I had what she had, then I'd be happy, but I don't. And so I, and so I spent so much time analyzing and comparing my circumstances to other people's that it actually sent me into this sort of dark spiral of feeling bad that my life wasn't working out the way I had hoped it would. Um, and, I, and I knew that as much as I felt justified to feel bad, that, that I had a choice that I had to make about how I was going to respond to my circumstances. Um, and so I started to make, I started on this journey towards gratefulness. And I, st I started with just 
just trying, even though I didn't feel like it, just trying to remind myself of the things that I had to be thankful for, the things, the blessings that I had in my life. Even, even sometimes it was like the little small things, like things that, were, that seemed really insignificant. And, it, and I, I'm not like some perfect person. I didn't feel like doing this. This wasn't like, this was like a discipline, like any kind of discipline, it's hard to do and you don't want to do it necessarily. I don't like working out, but I know it's something I should do because it's good for me. And that's kind of what the discipline of thankfulness was for me. I didn't feel thankful at the, when I started. I, I, it was like a discipline of having to like remind myself, or like remind my soul of all the things that I had to be grateful for instead of spending so much time meditating on all the things that I was upset about, meditating on the things that I felt resentful for, re- just like meditating on my bitterness and instead disciplining myself to be thankful and and starting to like actually write it down. And I have short-term memory loss or something because I would go through this practice and then the next day it was like it never happened. And I was back in my dark pit again. And I had to like go back and start to write out and start to journal out all the things that I had to be thankful for, all the things, the simple, simple things in my life that I, and, and I had to keep reminding myself. And the more I built this principle into my life, the more I noticed that I wasn't just remembering the things that I was thankful for, but I was actually feeling thankfulness. I actually started to change the way I experienced life. I started to, it started to change my perspective. I started to feel better. I started to let go of some of the, the anger and the frustration that I was feeling. And I started to build this, this personal inventory and Sometimes it was just like going on a walk and seeing things in nature and reminding myself, reminding my soul about those things, doing that, brain, that brainstorm. And as I started to do that, the Holy Spirit would just bring more things to mind. And I would, it, it, my, my inventory would get longer and longer, and I would remember more, and I would experience gratitude. I would actually feel grateful. The, this practice of it was lifting me out of that darkness. It was setting me free from bitterness it was, I was, that was starting to take root in me and changed me. And, and another thing, kind of disrelated, not related, but another thing that I want to say about gratitude is that a lot of times we feel thankful, but we don't express it. We will feel it, but we don't let other people know that we're thankful. We don't say that we're thankful, and we miss the opportunity to express to someone how much we appreciate them or, or ex- express what we're thankful for. And I know sometimes we say it's the thought that counts, but I don't think that works when it comes to thankfulness. Um, it's not just the thought that counts. We need to actually not miss out on it because actually it can do the opposite effect. When you don't share, when you don't say to someone that you're thankful for something that they did, unexpressed thankfulness actually could be mis- mistaken for ungratefulness. When you don't when you don't express your thankfulness, it can be mistaken for ungratefulness. And church, let's not miss the opportunity to express our, our gratitude, to show appreciation. It not only honors those around us, um, and it, when, we, when we lift them up and we, we show gratitude, but it actually, if we don't do it, it can send the opposite message. I, w- I want us to be, I feel like we need to be intentional. This isn't something that is natural for us. Our sinful nature is focused on me, 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 and myself. But this is a discipline that actually pushes us to think outward and to think about others and to acknowledge, acknowledge the things that we're thankful for in others. And so let's not 
let's not wait. Let's not delay. Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's be known as people in our community that are very expressive with thankfulness. And, you know, you may, maybe you're like, well, I, I feel, I know I'm thankful for my spouse, but we'll just when, say it. Actually tell them. Don't just think it. Say it. If you have a thought of thankfulness, express it. Because thankfulness is how we enter into God's presence. It brings us freedom. It's a daily choice. And the last thing here is that choosing gratitude means letting go of something else. Choosing gratitude means letting go of something else. Because gratitude and grudges cannot coexist. One will kick out the other. It's up to us to choose what we're going to let go of and what we're going to keep in our lives. If you want to live a life of gratitude, then you need to let go of certain things. Maybe it's, maybe it's bitterness towards your parents. Maybe it's a grudge that you have towards a relative or a boss or a coworker, Or maybe it's disappointment towards God, maybe, because he didn't answer that prayer on that specific occasion. People, we need to understand something about God answering prayer. The, the truth is, is that God has promised he, he, he always answers our prayer. He always answers our prayer. It's just that we don't always get the answer that we want. Sometimes the answer is yes, and we love it when he says yes, right? We love it when we're like, this is what I want, God, and then he says yes, and that's, that's what we want, right? But sometimes he says yes, but not now. Like, you got the right idea, but the wrong timing. Sometimes it's yes, but not now. And sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's no. Did you know that Jesus prayed fervently to the Father and was given a no? He prayed fervently. He prayed fervently to the Father, Lord, if this can all be taken away from me, if there's another way than suffering on the cross, can we just have it that way instead? He prayed fervently for the, for the Father to, to take it from him, to take the cross away from him, but he got a no. He got a no because, you see, when God says no to your prayer, it means there's always something better in store for you. May he has something further down the road, and, and because of that no that Jesus got in Gethsemane, we're here today. We, we thank God that we're here. Thank God that he said no, that we are saved, that we're forgiven, that we are justified, um, that we're righteous and we're restored and that we're sons and daughters of God because he was given that no, all because of that no. So no isn't a bad thing. Um, I was on Facebook the other day. Well, I'm on Facebook probably too much. But anyway, I was on Facebook the other day, and I was looking at some old pictures of some friends that I knew when I was in high school and college. And in one of the pictures, there was a guy that I recognized, but I almost didn't recognize him because he looked totally different. And um, this was someone that when I was about 17 or 18, I was praying very fervently to God. I wanted this guy to like me. <laughs> I was madly in love with him. I just thought he was the best thing ever. And I was just begging God, please make him like me. Please make him ask me out. I was just, God, I will do anything for you if you make him. I want to be his wife. I want to have his babies. Like, this is the man I want, okay? I was like, this, and I was, I was like, this is the guy. I was fervently begging, begging God for him to say yes to me on this request. 
and God gave me a no. <laughs> and I was so, like, hurt. I was so disappointed. I, at the time, it hurt because this is what I wanted. I wanted, I wanted that. I wanted this, this prayer to be answered. But God had something even better for me in mind. His name was Colin. <laughs> And we celebrated our 25th year of being married, and I am so glad for that no, right? I'm so glad for that no. But at the time, guys, at the time, I was heartbroken. I was, like, I was really heartbroken, and, and I, 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 I was devastated. I did not want to get a no, but God had something better. And it might be that you were holding on to hurts or grudges, or disappointments, and sometimes we hold on to them because there's a level of, of enjoyment that we have in that a little bit. Like, we actually sometimes like being angry at someone else, right? Especially if you're like, you know what? We feel like we have the right to be angry. I feel, I feel, I have, I have the right. You know what they did? I, you know, Priscilla, I want to tell you what they did because, and I just want to tell you all about it because something that makes me feel better, like, about myself, you know, because they were wrong and they're not even sorry. And I have every right to be angry at what they did. And, I mean, just recently, I was really upset with someone who did something to me and they hurt me. And what they did, it was wrong. And, and I just wanted everyone to know what they did. I wanted everyone to hate them. I was hurting and they were wrong and they were not sorry. But as long as I was holding on to this grudge, I couldn't be thankful. I couldn't be thankful. I had to let go of it to be thankful for them. As we close out our time here this morning, let's set into this, let's get into this practice of Thanksgiving. Let's remind ourselves about the truths about Thanksgiving. The band can come up now. One of the things I love most about the practice of Thanksgiving is that it is a practice where we have to practice truth-telling. And this is remembering and acknowledging the truth about who God is and about our identity, acknowledging about the truth about all that we're blessed with. And a lot of times we are lied about. We, 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 there's lies about our identity. There's lies about who who God is, but when we, when we are thankful, it breaks down. It's a practice of breaking down those lies, so many lies that we're burdened down with. But when we practice Thanksgiving, we're practicing this truth-telling, and as we close out our time, I want to challenge you to actually practice this, even in a small way just now. Um, I want to... I wanna, so you, you, have a, you have a program, you have a pen, and there's a little notes area there, and I want us to just take a few minutes to, to write a few things down. Maybe there's a few things that are just going to come to your mind. Maybe a few things that even as I've been sharing this morning that have come to your mind. Um, some things that maybe you're holding on to that's keeping you from being thankful. And I want to, as the band plays, I want us to, to write a few things down here. Right? If there's anything that comes to mind where you're holding on to something that's keeping you from being thankful, I want you to kind of acknowledge that so you can step out of that. And then I want us to actually take some steps to actually express out our gratitude. So write out something you're thankful for. Write out, start making a list. Start thinking through the things that you're thankful for and thank God for those things. Write those things out and 
And I believe that it's a, it's a practice that as we do that, it actually, we do experience the presence. We, we enter into the gates of his presence as we do that, as we, as we walk into that practice of gratitude. And, and it has the power to set us free. It has the power to set us free and to change us, but it is something that we have to make a choice about. It doesn't come naturally. It's not our nature to do this. So you have to choose gratitude. You have to choose gratitude, and you also have to choose what you're going to hold on to and what you're going to let go of. So I want to challenge us as if we just take a few moments here just to write out some things. And then our band is going to lead us in a time of, of thanksgiving and worship where we're going to be able to then take those things and, and praise God for them and thank God for who he is and for what he's done and the power that he has to set us free.